The Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Isaacot, one of his disciples, the one who was to betray him, said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Maybe you're a little bit like me, and you can't help yourself when you walk by a bakery. You just take in a big sniff and soak in the scent of fresh baked bread. I love it. Even better if that bread is baking in your own home kitchen, right? Mmm, I love it. Another one of my favorite smells is on Thanksgiving Day when there's a mix of turkey and stuffing and apple pie and all that just wafting through the house all at once. But perhaps one of my favorite smells is the grill firing up on those first days of spring when the whole neighborhood is swelling with the eagerness of the fresh tastes of summer. But great smells are not just associated with foods, though, are they? They're also closely associated with memories Smell is the sense that is most linked to our memory. So whenever I smell Old Spice or pipe tobacco, I remember my dad, who wore the cheap cologne and smoked with the pipe, sitting in his wheelchair with his feet up on the desk where his ham radio kept him connected to the world long before the internet even existed. And my friend Heidi, she had a scent too. Those who knew her best would often say when they walked into her house, ah, it smells like Heidi. We'd smell that too whenever we received a package or a letter from her. She chose her scent, Claire Burke Original, long, before, long ago, and it permeated every single nook and cranny of her house. Even after she died, we could still feel her presence through her scent that lingers still on her clothes and her belongings. The Gospel reading from today, from John, tells us that the oil that Mary used to anoint Jesus' feet filled the house with the fragrance of perfume. The Gospel writer, John, pays attention to details like smells. One theologian says, John is arguably the squishiest, muddiest, stinkiest Gospel of all. The Gospel writer, the writer says, she says that the writer who begins by preaching that the word became flesh uses all kinds of fleshy, smelly, bodily, worldly images to demonstrate the true radical nature 
of Jesus' identity of God's incarnation. In John, the sense of sweet wine and fresh bread and wet mud and rooms made stale by sickness work their way into every nook and cranny of the gospel. And the family in today's gospel, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they have some pretty smelly stories. Just prior to this anointing story is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And you may remember that Lazarus has been dead for four days when she encounters Jesus. And Martha warns Jesus, there is already a stench. It stinks. One might say that it's smellier than a teenage baseball player's cleats after a doubleheader. A stench I am quite familiar with in my house. You see, smell matters in this story because it tells us that Lazarus is really dead. So when Jesus raises him from the dead, he is doing more. He is doing a divine act, not just waking him up from a nap. The smell, the stench, the stink signifies that this event is radical. Radical enough to anger the authorities and get Jesus killed. And that's what brings us to the second smelly story involving Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But this one has a much more pleasant smell. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume, and every nook and cranny of that home was filled with the fresh scent of nard. Not an essential oil that we are familiar with these days, not one that I could go over to Home Goods and buy so we could, you know, use it here today to smell up and fill every nook and cranny of this room. But at the time, it was a very expensive oil, only available from far away India. So Mary took a whole pound of this expensive perfume, typically used for burial, and poured it onto Jesus' feet, lavishly, foolishly, recklessly, lovingly. And with tenderness and intimacy reserved only for those in family relationships, she let down her hair and wiped, her feet, wiped his feet with her flowing locks. And the fresh scent locked into her own hair, skin, and clothes for days to come. Probably right into the Passover week, lingering still into the days of death and resurrection of her Lord. Imagine that scent memory lingering with her and the others as they face all that is to come in the Passover week. As Jesus prepares to die and rise again. Like the story before this one, smell matters. You see, we need the great smell of love to remind us of great, God's great love for us. Mary's act has to be absurd, lavish, and abundant because she understands Christ's concern for her and for all of humanity to be absurd, lavish, and abundant. Her demonstration of love is a grand expression of faith so much so that the smell filled every corner of the house. Everyone present would have walked out of that house smelling like the grace that she had just poured on Jesus. Now Judas, that's another story. 
Judas, the one who would betray Jesus in the coming week, the one who had already betrayed his friends by stealing money that they shared in common, tried to make a scene and shut her down by saying, you shouldn't have been so wasteful, Mary. That expensive nard could have been sold and money given to the poor. But Jesus, he defended Mary's actions of reckless, foolish, and lavish love, saying, the poor will always be with you, but you will not always have me. Now, some have read this story as a way to exclude seeking justice for the poor. They've said, well, you can't really do anything to solve poverty anyway. Jesus said so. You're always going to have the poor with you, so why even try? But instead, biblical scholars, who read ancient Greek much better than I do, tell us to read it in this way. If you follow me, you will always be where the poor are. If you follow me, you will always be where the poor are. Meaning, we'll be serving and advocating together. Because the poor are among us. The poor are us. It's not a we versus them dichotomy. And since we will always be equipped by God to do right by people in need, there is no need to be so stingy with what we have that we can't do things for one another. We too can lavishly, foolishly, recklessly, and lovingly pour out grace into the world so that it permeates every nook and cranny. Mary's lavishness is a pivot point in the Gospel of John, and it points us toward the passion of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so in these coming days, of between Palm Sunday through Easter Sunday, we will turn toward the Paschal celebration, the pattern of descent and lifting up, the imprint of our lives where we are bathed in baptismal waters and smeared with the sweet-smelling, oily perfume. We become stinky with the cross of Christ on our foreheads. We pattern our lives and our deaths after the anointed one who was anointed. We bend our lives toward redemption, to announce release from burden and brokenness, and affirm what the prophet Isaiah proclaims, that God is about to do a new thing. God's newness lingers and it stinks up a room. May our faith, like Mary's, be filled with abundance and not scarcity. May our acts of service be worth the cost, because it is our calling to live in abundant faith like Mary's, lavishly loving God and neighbor, filling up every nook and cranny, and making sure everyone walks away smelling of God's grace. So don't be afraid like Judas. There is enough love to go around. Amen.